right? It's not, not, not designed to be a surfacey service, surfacey service, or a surfacey surface. Uh, not a surfacey service. Not just the light stuff, but uh, get into the into the meat and a little bit deeper in in the Word, in the Spirit, in whatever God would have us to do. Praise God. If you are uh, new with us tonight, uh, first of all, welcome. So glad you're here. And, uh, and uh, want you to know that uh, uh, we have a gift for you on the way out. All right. Whenever this service ends, there's a gift for you in the lobby. And it's a good gift. So we hope you pick one up and enjoy the gift. It's not even Christmas. But it's always Christmas here. And, uh, and so we're glad you're here, but I want to just take a moment to explain to you, uh, just in case you've never been to a believer's meeting. You know, not a lot of churches these days are, are holding services like these, uh, meaning they don't even know the difference between, you know, a, a, an evangelistic service, a believer service, a prayer meeting, a, a worship service, and just all the same. And, uh, and we've seen differently in the scriptures that there are different purposes for different gatherings. And so this service, just so you know, the way we, way we do it is we have uh, not a set agenda. Uh, some things have to be planned ahead of time. Um, uh, but other than that, we're very much open to the leading of the, the Spirit of God to go any direction at any time. With worship, the word, prayer, ministry, laying on of hands, gifts of the Spirit, prophecies, word of knowledge, you know, glory, everyone falls out on the floor, whatever. <laughs> I'm just saying whatever God wants to do, we want that. And and we're looking for it at the same time. We're, we're, we're making room for uh, the move of the Spirit of God. Now, if you have a move of the Spirit of God in your life personally, you totally know what I'm talking about. Or if you've been a part of our meetings in, in the past. But if you don't, you know... Uh, it might be a new thing. I tell you, if you're a believer and uh, you want to grow closer to the Lord, you're going to like this. <laughs> uh, and say, well, what's going to happen? Well, I don't really know. I mean, I know muy poquito. Uh, but, uh, and that's, that's the thing. From week to week, Wednesday to Wednesday, they're sometimes drastically different. And so from that standpoint, we just, uh, we love it all. You know, if someone said, well, I really love to sing and worship the Lord. Well, good for you. I do, too. We going to do that tonight? I don't know. I really love to get in the word. I do, too. We going to do that tonight? I don't know. You come long enough, though, to enough of these, you get everything. And more things we haven't seen yet because God is infinite. And uh, we, we, we can never exhaust him. We never exhaust his wisdom. We never exhaust his ideas. And at the same time, every once in a while, see, this is a believer's meeting, but every once in a while, people sneak in here and get saved. <laughs> On a Wednesday night, they're not even supposed to. I mean, they came to the wrong service for that. But God knows when, when, when something needs to happen. And often he'll just guide us and direct us in the way we should go along that line. If we do, we do. And uh, it'll all be good. Amen. Amen. Well, before we go any further, uh, one of the things we like to do on, a, on our Wednesday night services is, um, is to clear the table. And meaning we have a little bit of house business that we need to 
uh, do in all the services in other order for things to go well and so we want to receive our tithes and offerings at the beginning of the service tonight that way uh, that way you know depending on where the service goes next we don't have to say stop we didn't redo the offering yet and so we'll receive the tithes and offerings up front now and uh, and and then we have a like we said, a blank sheet of paper to go any direction we want after that. Good deal? Everybody okay? All right. So if you're getting ready to give, do that. Most of us give on our, our phones these days. Isn't it cool? If you don't, you don't have to. I'm not trying to urge anyone, but if you, if you like to give that way, it becomes really easy and slick. You can do it right in the service or you can do it in the car. And, uh, but we'll also pass the offering containers. And so give, tithes and offerings. Also, is there any special offerings going on? Two special offerings that are presently happening. One's the 2019 expansion. I'm getting almost finished on that. And, uh, and then the other one is the Operation Christmas Child. If you don't want to pack a box, but would rather pay someone else to pack a box. <laughs> but you want to give to the kids around the world. Those are the only two special kind of things we have going right now. Good deal? So let's pray. Let's believe God together. We are the most generous church this side of the railroad tracks. Or at least between the railroad tracks and Pine Street. We are the most generous church that I know of in the valley. And so let's give tonight by faith. Ready? Let's pray over it. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for the abundance of your provision. You're so good to us. Faithful you are. Hallelujah. You always provide our every need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So we yield ourselves to you now. We thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your provision. We'll never be without. We'll never suffer lack. We always have too much. More than enough in every situation. Give you all the praise, all the glory. We trust you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, we'll go ahead and pass the offering containers, and then I'm going to uh, hand the service off. We do a little hand, little baton handoff. I'm going to run and hand it off to Pastor Doug, and uh, <laughs> he's gonna. We're gonna keep running our race. He's gonna do the next part. I'm gonna mime with it the rest of the service. Hallelujah. How's everybody doing? Good. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the for the Holy Ghost that's here to lead this service and guide us into all truth, into all righteousness. He's our comforter and our guide. I thank you, Father God, for your word that it establishes us. It sets us straight and it sets us to stand, that we have the ability to stand and do what we're called to do. I thank you, Father God, for the honor to communicate your word and minister your word. I thank you, Father God, that your, that your word is so good, it's life-giving. Father, I thank you for the, for the anointing of the Holy Ghost, that it breaks bondages off of people, that your word is anointed, and your word breaks bondages off of people. I thank you, Father God, for the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I lean on you, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. You're probably good back there. Um, hallelujah. You know, um, last, last Wednesday we talked about, Pastor Mark talked about faith 
and, and, and just believing what God said, taking him at his word, acting on it, and doing what he said. Amen? And uh, if, you were, if you were here, it was good. And I, and I kind of want to almost piggyback off that to a degree, but, um, but how many know that sometimes um, there's things that affect your faith? There's things that um, can cause your faith to, to grow. There's things that can cause your faith to be weak. There's, there's things that you can do that uh, you'll lack confidence in what he said. And, and so the, the, I want to talk to you about one of those things tonight, and in particular about something that, that's called your conscience. Everybody knows they have a conscience, right? It's an awesome God-given thing that the Lord put in us that, uh, that helps us. Our conscience helps us, helps us stay on the right path, helps us do the right thing. And uh, it's one of those words that sometimes I confuse with the word conscious. So if I say it wrong, I apologize in advance. Forgive me in advance. But uh, conscience, your conscience is there to guide you into moral truth. It's there to keep you in the, in the will of God. It's there to tell you, you know, something's off here. Something's, I don't feel right about this. Or, or your conscience is also, uh, and by the way, it's a Bible word. The word conscience is, is in Scripture. And uh, it's also there to confirm truth. It, when, when you hear the Word of God, when you hear something that's true, your conscience, the Bible says, it bears witness to the truth. It says, yes, that's right. My conscience agrees with that. And so when you hear the Word of God, and, it, and you get that feeling of, that was good. That's your conscience saying, that was good, and I need that, and it was right, and I, wanna, I, I need to grab a hold of that truth. And so um, your conscience, though, in Scripture... Um, it can grow weak. The scripture talks of those whose conscience has grown weak. And, and for us as believers, it's a, that's a big deal. If, if you have a weak conscience, you have a hard time discerning right and wrong. You have a hard time discerning the voice of the Lord. You have a hard time discerning when you should say, okay, God, um, I'm going to just let you work here. I don't really know what's going on, but it seems like you're in the mix and I want you to let, let you work. Or sometimes your conscience will help you identify, oh, that, there's something the devil's in here and I need to rebuke and I need to stand against this. And I need to, your conscience is, is one of the things the Lord has given every person to help guide us, to help, help us stay in the, on the straight and narrow. Amen. And, and kind of the thing that I was, was stirring up in me tonight was that some have just uh, have dealt with a conscience that's been weak for a while. And a weak conscience um, is it's caused by um, a guilty conscience. A guilty conscience is something that, that uh, by the way, as a believer, we're, we're not supposed to have one of those. We're not supposed to have a guilty conscience as a believer. If you're a believer, your conscience should be clear, should be, should be clean, should be, man, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I have been set free from all sin. Jesus took all my sin on him when he was on the cross. My conscience as a believer should, should always be 
man, I am just, I'm golden. I know that God loves me. I know that me and him were like this. I've been made righteous by, not by my own efforts, but by what Jesus did for me when he lived perfectly, when he completed the law. And then he gave up his own life and he gave up his own standing with his father so that we could have it. And so our conscience as a believer should, should never be, I mean, we should never go into prayer like, oh God, please forgive me, please, you know, how, please help me. It, it should be when we go into prayer, God, thank you. God, thank you for what you've done, that you've given me access to be here with you. You've given me um, a clean slate. I don't have, I'm not, I'm not dealing with all the junk that I used to deal with. I've been set free of all that. But yet, if, if you've been a believer for very long, you'll know that you will still deal with sometimes a guilty conscience. And, and that guilty conscience will come when you do something to violate it. When you violate your conscience, when you go against what you know is right to do, and you, and you do something different, there's something on the inside that says, something's not right here. Something's off. And, and, then, you, and then what happens is you begin to, your, it begins to affect your faith life. Your believing in him will be affected by you having that guilty, guilty conscience that says, I don't know if God's pleased with me anymore. I don't know. I, I feel like I've done something to offend him. I feel like I've done something to, to, to displease him. And then your conscience begins to just take over and say, well, well, you did this. You, you know, you remember when you did that? Remember when you did this? And and, you, yeah, and it just starts reaffirming what you are already dealing with. And so um, for believers, we have to keep our conscience clear. The main, the main you know, way you do that is to live right. It's to not violate it in the first place. If you can avoid violating your conscience in the first place, you don't have to deal with a guilty conscience. And so, and there's there's things that when you walk closely with the Lord, you'll begin to you'll begin to know how to how how, how your conscience again be, starts becoming no longer weak but strong, and so it's easier it's easier to just listen to that inner voice that says, "Okay, I'm going to do this now," and you start trusting that. But um, but we all make mistakes. I don't think anyone's in here has never sinned since they were born again, right? I think everyone in here. I can, I can say it pretty much unequivocally. If, you, if you've been born again for more than, you know, an hour, you, <laughs> you've probably already stumbled. You've probably, not probably, I guarantee you've already stumbled. You've already had something where you're like, why in the world did I do that? Why did I just say that? Why did, what was that anger coming out of me? And, and see, it takes time to renew your soul. That's your mind, your will, and your emotions. It takes time for the Word of God to begin to work into you, where you begin to renew yourself to walk in love, where you start walking in love from, uh, from a place of knowing what He said. And if, if you never have your mind renewed to what He said, you're dealing with a guilty conscience all the time. Because it's impossible for you to walk in love. It's impossible for you to walk uh, according to the way he's called you to. It's impossible for you to walk worthy of his name and worthy of his calling on your life. 
And so for us, we need to have a conscience and have the ability and have, at least have the ability to say, I know what to do when I'm dealing with this conscience that says, I'm guilty, I'm de- you know, I blew it. I go, I go into prayer and all of a sudden it just feels like I can't get through. It feels like, man, it's, there's something hindering me and I don't know what it is, but I also don't feel like I'm clean. You, we should, as believers, know exactly what to do when that takes place because, because there is a prescription in Scripture. There is a prescription in here that says, this is, this is what you do. And, uh, and we're going to do that tonight because I, I have a, a, a sense that there's some people that are dealing with that. And, and, uh, and that kind of guilty conscience can also come from this where, you, where the Lord's told you to do something and, uh, and you just haven't done it yet. Not necessarily that you've sinned, that you've done something that's sinful, but sin's actually defined in Scripture as knowing the right thing to do and not doing it. So we could classify that as sin as well, and that's going to lead to a conscience that's like, well, you know, God, I'm going to go into prayer, but I'm going to ignore what you said, you know, two days ago and told me what to do. It's like that doesn't work. It doesn't. You you can't you can't come honestly before the Lord if you've if if you've been dealing with that where you've where you've blown it before. Amen. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna get into some scripture. You guys got your Bibles with you tonight? We're believers, right? We have the Word of God. Let's go to First John. First John. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I know it's already starting to take place. There's people already get, starting to get free and starting to acknowledge, oh yeah, that's, that's something that's been there and, and freedom's about to take place. Now, when you, when you have a clean conscience, you think, when your conscience is clean, there is like this weight that's completely off of you. You know, the burden that, that, one of the burdens that Jesus wants to remove is this burden of guilt. It's this burden of dealing with, I'm not worthy. I'm not qualified. I'm not, for, you know, I'm not forgiven like I think I'm supposed to be. All those things are a burden, and it's going to hinder your walk. It's going to hinder your walk. It's going to hinder your relationships. It's going to hinder your family. It's going to hinder what you're called to do in this, in this life. It's all going to be a hindrance. One of the things that the enemy is called is the accuser of the brethren. He's the accuser of the brethren. So one of, the, one of, his, one of his tricks is to say, hey, remember when you blew it? Hey, remember when you blew it? Hey, remember when you did this? He's going to bring it up to you to try to get you to what? So that you can condemn yourself. So that you can say, I'm not worthy to be in the presence of God. He wants to try to drive a wedge between you and the Lord because he, he hates God. The enemy, he hates him. And he knows that God loves you. He loves you so much. And the enemy knows that. So he's going to come in every which way he can so that he can hurt God by keeping you away from him. One of the things that he does is he, call, he causes us to feel guilty. He causes us to feel condemned. But also, uh, the other thing that causes us to be, feel that way is, our, is our, it's our own heart. It's our own conscience 
that feels that way that the enemy plays off of. So let me read this to you. Verse 18, 1 John 3, 1 John 3, um, verse 18. My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. So what's, what assures our hearts? When we're loving in other, others, indeed, not just by words, but we're walking in love. Any, how many know that your um, really sin kind of falls under two things, or it can really be fixed by two things? It can be fixed by you believing what God said. When you believe what God said, you'll act and obey what he has said. And it's also you loving other people. Your love walk, if you were to just believe in the Lord and believe what he said, and then also have a perfect love walk, I, that would wipe away every, literally every sin that you possibly commit would go away. There would be no sin possible for you if you followed those two things. You believed in the Lord, what he told you, you listened to. So you're, you're keeping the part that says that um, someone who knows the right thing to do and doesn't do it. Well, how do you avoid that? I'm believing what God said. I'm going to believe what he said. Therefore, I'm going to act on it and I'm going to do it. Second part is you're going to walk in love. You're going to treat others the way you want to be treated. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to put your own, own flesh down and you're, going to, and you're going to love people the way that they're supposed to be loved, the way that he's designed them to be loved. So when you do this, your hearts are assured before him. Verse 20. For if our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. It's really an interesting statement there. I mean, that's, he's, this, is, this is John speaking. If our hearts condemn us, well, God's greater than your, than your heart and he knows all things. What, what does that even mean? I think what he's saying there is, well, God's not condemning you if your heart does, but God isn't. God's not the one putting that condemnation on you. Because it would be unjust for him to do so since he already condemned who? He condemned Christ on your, on your behalf. He put the, your sin on Jesus. Jesus already paid for your sin. Therefore, you paying for your sin would be completely unjust. It would be, be completely wrong of God to condemn you for your sin if he had already condemned his son. Amen? Amen? So God's greater than our hearts and knows all things. Verse 21. Beloved, if our, hearts, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. And whatever we ask, we receive from Him. So our heart having a clean conscience, having, something, having a heart that's not being condemned, having a heart that's free, burden-free, you ask whatever you want from the Lord, and we know we get it. You have such great confidence before the Lord. Your faith is working at a, a high level when your conscience is completely clear. It's gonna, your faith will be hindered greatly because your confidence toward God is hindered greatly when you're sitting there, yeah, but I did this, but I blew it this way, and, and I shouldn't have done that, and I know I, I, know I missed this. What, what do we need? We need to get our conscience clean. We need to get our conscience clear where we can go back and say, oh no, I remember now. 
that the Lord has already paid for my sin. I remember now that he was faithful to forgive me. I'm going to confess what I say. I'm going to admit to it. I'm not going to try to hide it, but I'm going to be I'm going to be blunt. I'm going to be open before the Lord and I'm going to receive forgiveness. And and receiving forgiveness um, is very similar to receiving anything from the Lord. I mean, when did the Lord forgive us? 2000 years ago, right? I mean, he forgave us on the cross, but does that mean that you automatically have forgiveness right now? As far as in your in your mind, in your soul, in in your understanding, do you have it? Not necessarily. It's like this, if you were dealing with something as far as uh, in your body and your body was bothering you, you had a let's say you had some sort of sickness. Well, we know scripture says that Jesus took stripes on his back so that we would be healed, right? So when did God heal us? Through Jesus 2,000 years ago, the same way, the same time he forgave us. But yet, when we see something that doesn't line up with what he says he has done for us, we have to then receive it. We have to then say, okay, I need to take something that God's already provided 2,000 years ago, and I need to take it now. And when you receive forgiveness, it's the same way that you receive healing. It's the same way that you receive, uh, you know, your prayers being answered. You receive it the same way. It's not, it's not a mystery on how to receive forgiveness. You receive it by faith. Faith on how you receive it. And, and for me, I want, to, I want to just come boldly and say, God, your word says... Therefore it is. Therefore now I can, I can have a clean conscience. But it helps if we understand that it's 100% guaranteed. It's just like if you were, were going to receive healing and there was any sort of questions or doubts on whether God really did that 2,000 years ago or you need to be confident in what you know. You're, you, when you're confident in what you know, when you're confident that the Lord actually forgave you and actually wants to, to, to forgive everything that you've ever done, then you can do this knowing that you, at the end, end of the result will be, I get free. I will have a clean conscience. Amen? And so um, let's, let's keep reading the rest of that, that verse. 1 John three twenty two, And whatever we ask, we receive from him. Because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. See, he's talking about the first method that I was talking about. That if you keep a clean conscience, you will keep yourself confident in the Lord. If you keep yourself in his commandments and are doing those things that are pleasing in his sight, you keep a clean conscience. That's, a, that's the highest way. That's the highest way. There, there's... Uh, there's, an, there's another way that when you stumble that you can say, okay, well, how do we get back to it? And we're going to be doing that in just a moment. And part of that's going to be um, with communion in a little bit. We're going to be taking up communion. And um, so, so this is the highest way of keeping a clean conscience is you doing what you know you, you should be doing, right? Just, just being obedient, just following the Lord. All right, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 9. What happens when we have a conscience that's already 
feeling guilty, and we knew we've blown it. We know we know we're not confident before the Lord. We know we know we're we're struggling. What should we do? Hebrews nine. Hebrews nine, and we're going to start at verse nine. It says this: It was symbolic for the present time in which both gifts and sacrifice are offered, which cannot make him who performed the service perfect in regard to the conscience. What's he talking about here? He's talking about the sacrifices that were made in the old old covenant. According to the old covenant, if you wanted your sins forgiven, if you didn't want to have to deal with the guilt of all the things that you've been done, that you've done, and not only guilt back then, back then uh, it was it, there was ramifications for for disobeying the Lord that came from the Lord, and you disobeyed Him, you got cursed by Him. It came directly. So it was when you messed up in the old covenant, it was brutal. It was brutal, and so you you wanted to get forgiven. You wanted to come to the Lord all fresh and all clean. And what they had to do, what was the prescription back then, was they had to have sacrifices and, and offerings to the Lord for Him to forgive the sins of the people. And it, there was a priest, there was a high priest that was uh, sent in ahead of time to, to, to you know, make, make a way for the people and to uh, send up offerings to the Lord. But that was what he's talking about here is that old way didn't work. That old way didn't complete their conscience for good. It didn't clean it. So he said that right here, making him who performed the service perfect in regard to the conscience. It cannot make him who performed the service perfect in regard to the conscience. Concerned only with foods and drinks, various washings and fleshly ordinances imposed until the time of reformation. But Christ came. Oh, I love, I love a but. I love a but right there that says, but, and then here's some good news. Here's the good news. But Christ came as high priest of the good things to come with the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands that is not of this creation, not with blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, he entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? His blood is designed to cleanse your conscience. One of the reasons he, his blood was spilled for you was so that you could stand before the Lord and not deal with the guilt, not deal with the shame, not deal with this lack of confidence toward him. His blood is what he used to enter into the most holy of holies, Jesus himself, once and for all. For us, it's the same thing. His blood produces in us a conscience that's, that's clean. When we receive, when, we, uh, when we're receiving forgiveness, we're receiving it by what? 
We're pleading the blood of Jesus Christ. His blood is the reason we get to stand before the Lord and say, God, you made me righteous. God, you washed my sin away. You're the one that paid the price for me to be here, so therefore I'm qualified to be here. I'm not, I'm not going to struggle. I'm not going to approach the Lord with my head down and my tail tucked. Not when I know that His blood has cleansed me from all sin. And it's cleansed my conscience. It's, I've taken the blood of Jesus and I've applied it to the very sin that's causing me to feel condemned. I need to do that on an individual basis for myself. If you don't, there's the, conscience, there's the, there's the concern of, I don't know, is, I'm still dealing with it. This is, the, this is what works. It's the only thing that works. There's nothing else that works. There's no fancy prayers that work. There's no praying to someone else or, or uh, you know, doing uh, penance for your, you know, for your sin. There's no doing enough good that's going to cancel it out and make your, your conscience feel good now because you know, if you'll just go do ten acts of kindness, you'll feel great. Uh, you, you might for a second... You might feel good about the ten things you did, but then, then, the, then there's going to be the remembrance of, oh yeah, I did, I did that one bad thing. And so, how do you get clean? How does, how does your conscience become clear? How do you get confident before the Lord? I've got to receive the blood of Jesus for what I've done. I've got to take what I did and, and, and yield it before the Lord and say, God, when I did these things... You bled for them. You sent your son to bleed on a cross, to pour out blood that washed this away. I know according to to what you've done that this works. That Father God, when you went to that cross, it was good enough, it was powerful enough to clean every sin off my conscience that I've ever done. And when you approach it that way, it works. And your conscience, you, you can go from being, I'm the most, I can tell you, I, my, my story, I've told you some things that, I, that I've done. When I came to the Lord, I was dealing with extreme guilt. I was dealing with an extreme, man, I don't feel like I, I, I was, I had the thought of, man, it'd be better if I just crawled in a hole and went away forever. Because it was just like I kept doing the wrong things, knowing I was doing them, couldn't, couldn't overcome those, couldn't step out of them. But that sin had a hold of me, and I, I couldn't get free of it on my own. So I was just in complete condemnation. Day in, day out, it got so bad. I was up miserable one night, about 1 in the morning, 12, maybe midnight, somewhere in there. And I cried out to the Lord, God, is this who I am? Is this who I am? And you know... He reminded me of something that he had told me when I was 12 years old. Talked, talked about um, a pastor that had called me up in front of a church when I was going to church back then. Um, when I was at a certain church when I was a kid. Calls me up and says, Thus saith the Lord, I've given you a plan and a purpose for your life. I've called you unto myself, unto my good pleasure, pleasure and I've set you apart for me. And I, and I just remember thinking, why in the world would you want me? Why in the world would you want 
someone who's doing this stuff. I, I am not worthy, God. I'm not worthy of any of that. God, I, I remember having that conversation like, what are you talking about? I'm, 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 I'm like thinking about all these things that I've been doing wrong, yet he's thinking of what? His plan, his purpose for my life, his, how, how he's called me to do something, how, how he wants me next to him and, and, and talking to him and close to him. You know what's interesting is he didn't even bring up those things at that, in that conversation. He didn't even bring up all of those things that I was doing wrong. Didn't even bring them up. And I remember after, after that conversation, I just felt overwhelmed by the grace of God. I felt so overwhelmed. Like, God, you can't be this good. Really, you're this good? God, you're this good that you still want me after all these things? You still want to have a close friendship after I've done such and such and such and such? And he would just, you know, act like I didn't even say all those things that I've done wrong and be like, well, yeah, of course I want you. I want, I want to talk to you. I want, to, I, want to, I want you to get to know me. I want to show you things. I want to, I want to work in your life and I want to give you things. And, and, I'm, and I just felt overwhelmed by the grace of God. And it was, it was his goodness and his grace and his mercy. And, it, and all of a sudden I just became from literally one second being full of, I don't, and I'm not worthy of anything to the next second. I am so confident towards God because of, of His goodness and kindness and mercy to me. When you recognize that the blood of Jesus really has washed away all of your sin, His mercy overwhelms you. His mercy overwhelms it, It's so overwhelming how good He is. It's so like, God, I, don't, I can't even comprehend why you would want to do that can't even comprehend why you you would you would want me even though I've blown it so many times see as a believer we still have to have that awe of his mercy we still have to have that wow god you are still so good to me god you are still so good to me all those things that I've done your blood and 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 I've I've done maybe even recently those things that you've told me to do that I maybe haven't been fully engaged with or I've been putting what you've said on the shelf, God's still sitting there like, come on, come on. We're, we're, we're still going down this. We're going to still go down this path. We're still going to, we're, we're going to see that you do what I've called you to do. We're still, I still have a plan for your life. I, I mean, <clears throat> am I getting in anybody's business tonight? God wants to do something in your life and he wants to use you, but it's going to require you having confidence toward him. It's going to require you having boldness to get into his presence and say, God, here I am again, again and again and again. Here I am again and again and again. Not a one time, here I am once and I'm going to talk to you in a, in a year from now or next Sunday or whatever it is. But I'm, I'm going to get before the Lord. You know, sometimes your heart will condemn you because of your lack of engagement with him. Like, oh God, it feels like it's been so long since I've talked to you. It feels, uh, and you almost, that instant, I feel bad about this. I feel, I feel bad that I haven't talked to you in however long it's been. Listen, 
That's when you apply the blood of Jesus. That's when you say, God, thank you, Lord, that I have the blood of Jesus that's washed away every sin, even the sin of not coming to you when I know I should have, not seeking you like I know I should have. Amen? And so it's his blood. It's his blood that leads us into, into a clean conscience, confidence, confident toward him. And, and we're going we're gonna to receive the elements in just a moment. Actually, it uh, might be a good time to have the ushers pass those out, if you guys are ready for that. I know it's going to probably take a little while, but uh, ready, go. <laughs> but but we're going we're gonna to take the elements in just a moment. And what we, what what we're gonna do when we receive the when we receive the uh, the grape juice when we take that element that represents his blood, those things that you are currently dealing with, where you'd say, you know, I'm just lacking confidence to do to to go to him. I'm lacking confidence that in what I pray for, I'm not sure I'm going to get. I want you to take those things and I want you to hold those before the Lord and say, God, this blood cleanses me of all those things. See, this is why we're told to do this on a regular basis. It's not a you get saved, you take communion, and your your sins are forgiven and you're done. This is to help you live with a clean conscience. This is done to help you live confident toward Him. He wants you to have, have a prayer life where you know as soon as you talk to Him, man, I know He, I know he hears me. I know he hears me. There's an, that's another scripture that says that when we pray and we know that he hears us if we're praying according to his will, then we know we have whatever we pray for because we know he hears us. How do you have that confidence? How do you have that confidence? Well, because my conscience is clean. Because I know that he made me righteous. I know that his blood has washed away everything I've messed up with. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Well, I think, I think they're still being passed around. Like I said, I think it's where it usually takes a little while. But God's design for your life is to be in a place where you're not dealing with guilt. You're not dealing with the... And listen, sometimes that guilt's just self-imposed, and you need to deal with the self-imposement of the guilt. Where you just say, no, I'm not going to feel guilty. I'm not going to allow that feeling. That feeling is just a feeling. And I don't go by my feelings. I go by what his word says. And his word says that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. So I'm not going to feel condemned. I'm going to approach the Lord as if I've been completely set free because that's what he said. And my faith is going to activate. And my faith is going to cause me to step into a... Uh, a confidence in him that where my conscience becomes clean again. Amen? Amen. So in just a moment, we're going to take up the elements and, uh, and if, if uh, we're, we're going we're gonna to take up the elements, the first one, the bread, that represents the Lord's body. That represents his body being broken for you. So that you, the same, the same way that his blood has caused remission of your sin, has completely caused you to have a clean conscience, is the same way His body being broken has caused your body to be completely made whole. It's the same. In Scripture, it's exactly the same. 
One's not more important than the other. I mean, I've been talking about forgiveness because that's just what the Lord's put on my heart for tonight. But they're the same. There's not one more important than the other. His body being broken for you was to heal your body completely. The same confidence that you have toward God and His forgiveness toward you, that you know He's faithful to forgive you when you take up the, the sin that you've done, he, that same confidence should be in us when we take up whatever infirmity we're dealing with and we say, I'm receiving this bread because it represents your body being broken and I'm doing it knowing that this infirmity, whatever it is, whatever's, whatever's missing or broken or, or sick in your body, knowing that as soon as I receive this, I'm receiving healing. I'm receiving healing. That's, that should be the same confidence that you have. It's the same word. It's spoken by the same God. In many times, it's in the same breath of Scripture, where there's not even a comma between the two of, of you being healed and you being forgiven. And so when we take up the bread in just a moment, I want you to have the expectation that everything's getting set right and clean in your body. The same way your conscience is getting clean when we take up the when we take up the grape juice, when we take up his blood and receive his blood. I want the same way you know your body's getting clean. Your body's getting completely a new slate. Amen. It works the same exact way. There's no difference. To think there's a difference usually means that you've been taught wrong at some point. Because you'd have to try to twist the scripture to say something differently to believe it. And usually it's some sort of religion that said that, you know, you can't have, you, you can't lump forgiveness and healing in the same breath. Well, God didn't have a problem doing it. And he, and he did it over and over and over in scripture. There's many points in here where he's talking about, he took your infirmities and he took your sins. And so when we take the bread, we're recognizing Jesus, his body was broken so ours could be mended and made whole. The, the, the grape juice represents his blood. We're taking that because his conscience was, was broken when he was received all the weight of the sin of the world so that our conscience can be made whole as well. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You guys ready? Bread first.
Matthew 26. Huh? You guys are. I'm going to turn to Matthew 26. Someday we'll have those contact lenses where you'll be able to do everything without having to use your hands. Until then, I'll turn there. <laughs> Matthew 26, 26 says, And as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body. Hold up your hold up your bread. Father, we thank you that you sent your son to be punished for his body to be ripped open and broken for us so that ours could be mended and made whole. God, we we thank you for the sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ that did this on our behalf. We thank you, Lord, for healing that was purchased through the body of Jesus. We receive it, Father God, when this enters our body. We receive it according to your word. It was broken for us to be made whole. I thank you, Father God. Bodies being restored and mended, that healing takes place wherever needed. In Jesus' name, I thank you, Father God. Your body was enough to do it. Your body was enough to make everything whole. We don't need anything above what Jesus did. It was enough for us, and I receive it. In Jesus' name, amen. Some people have been dealing with for a long time healed right now. Thank you, Lord. It wasn't even a healing meeting. Got healed anyway. Verse 27, Matthew 26, 27. Then he took the cup and gave thanks. And he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant which is shed for many for the remission of sins. For the remission... That that word remission means the cancellation of. The complete cancellation of sins. That's why it was shed. Sins being canceled today. Right now because of His blood. Hold up your cups. Father God, I thank You for your, Your Son the sacrifice of his blood his blood being spilt on my behalf for those things that I've done for those things that we've all done thank you Father God we hold up individually now the things that have been condemning our hearts that have been holding us back from being confident in you those things that have caused us to not have that clear conscience before you 
those things that you've told us to do that we've been stumbling on and holding on to and just delaying in. We hold it up to you, Lord, and we thank you, Lord, for forgiveness of it. We thank you for forgiveness of it as we receive forgiveness by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you now that we see ourselves like you do. That we see ourselves holy and righteous, blameless before you, Lord. And I thank you that we've been given this position by your Son, Jesus, our Lord. We enter in now to your presence, into communion with you, into closeness with you able to do it boldly because of your sacrifice. Father, I thank you. Thank you, Lord, for the remission of our our sins, for wiping away and casting our sin into the sea of forgetfulness. As far as the east is from the west, you will remember it no more. That when we foolishly bring it up to you, that you ignore it anyway. I thank you, Father God, that we see ourselves now holy, blameless, in right standing with the Father, able to enter into the holies of holies with boldness, with our heads up, knowing that we're qualified to stand in the presence of the Almighty God. We seek you now. The rest of this service and from this day forward, Knowing the old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Thank you for the clean conscience. We thank you, Lord, for the burden of the sin gone. That the freedom of repeating it, the burden of repeating it, we're now free of. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I'm going to read one more scripture. And then we're going to get into probably some worship. And we're going to worship Him with a nice, clean, new heart. Full of, full of His righteousness and holiness. Amen. It's Hebrews. If you have hands now, you can turn there. If not, that's okay. <laughs> Hebrews ten nineteen it says, Therefore, brethren... Having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God. Verse 22. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. So now we're going to do that. We're going to draw near with a true heart, full of assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. Amen. 
having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Verse 19. So let's do that. Worship team, you guys ready to come? Oh, look at you guys. Ninjas back there. Let's do that. Let's, let's stand. Have everybody stand up.